0: Welcome back to the Scions of the Southland recap show. Well, I guess it's more like a welcome in our case. Uh, Anyway, anyway, I am Akshay Eshwaran, as always. And joining me is Mr. Jake Grant down on campus at Georgia Tech. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing fine. Uh, It's a beautiful Sunday. Uh, The Bears won. I uh, guess I can't really complain. But uh, obviously we're here to talk tech, so I think that's probably the biggest news of the weekend.
0: I mean, if you want to complain about pro sports, so let me tell you, I got a couple books I can read you on that, given what uh, Atlanta United and the Falcons have done this weekend. So, yeah, we uh, we should stick to talking tech, because there's, uh, there's some good news there.
1: There is. There is. It's good to be back, just in general. But I think starting the season with a 16-13 to 13 win, in Tallahassee that's got to feel good right?
0: Oh absolutely but before we get there let's first talk about what else happened around the ACC this weekend so Jake I know you have that
1: spreadsheet pulled up so let's talk about it. Yes sir um in terms of matchups we did not get to see the whole conference in action um but we did kick it off with Miami and UAB on Thursday. Um, I know that we were a little bit uh, skeptical at first of Miami out of the gate, uh, but they wound up winning by comfortable three scores, 31-14. Uh, thoughts on that one? That one was
0: weird. I, like you said, I think we looked at UAB's early drives, and we were like, okay. Miami has not improved since losing a bowl game to Louisiana Tech in December. Um, but credit to them, De'Ara King uh, played pretty well, and, and they were able to pull
1: away. Yeah. Um, I think they might be a little bit overrated in the latest poll, but other than that, I mean, a win's a win. They're a rebuilding team, as Manny Diaz will hit you up the head with about a million times, but... I wasn't convinced too much one way or the other about how good they looked. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough, tough
0: scene for UAB, especially coming off of a win in their week one matchup. Yeah. Who I'm I'm currently forgetting who they played, but I think it was, it might've been central Arkansas. Anyway, not, not yeah. super important, but um, yeah. I mean, for Miami, a win's a win. And especially when you're, you know, stuck in neutral for the past, I don't know, 20 years. Anything helps.
1: You know who uh, also got a a wins-a-win type win this weekend was uh, North Carolina Syracuse. I would not say that that was pretty until maybe the very end when they blew the doors off, but for a while that was looking like uh, all the pundits were going to be eating some old takes. Yeah, I I think both of us caught most
0: of that one, and Q's did like Cuse's offense did not look remotely functional. Um, I feel comfortable saying that after watching Georgia Tech's offense last season, um, but it, North Carolina just kept letting them in the game. I think there are a couple just random turnovers from from Sam Howell stuff that you didn't necessarily see last season, um, and. It, it was just, they, they let it go too late. And sure. UNC sort of picked up the pace in the fourth quarter and, you know, like you said, blew the doors off, but, uh, I'm sure that Mac Brown does not want to have to blow the doors off of a bad team late again this season that this kind of game should be done and dusted by the, by halftime.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I was looking around at one of our sister sites, uh, Frogs of War. One of their new guys has started like a gambling column, and uh, his like lock of the week, or one of his locks of the week, was North Carolina up by twelve or twelve and a half at the half. And let's just say that didn't come anywhere close to being a a uh, comfortable margin. Um, another game, I think, kind of in the same vein, was the Notre Dame Duke game. Right? That one was rough. That one was
0: rough early, and
1: that one was rough
0: often um the, my my favorite part about that game was uh Notre Dame announcing that they had signed Brian Kelly to a four-year extension uh at the end of a fourth or at the end of a first quarter in which they were they had trailed Duke by 3 so
1: man hadn't even won a conference game yet jeez <laughs> yes that is that is the notable part of
0: that one that is Notre Dame's first ever conference game and they won by fourteen.
1: So and we had take it. our fifteenth of that NBC TV money this year. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure that's a little bit richer than what we get from uh, ESPN. So I
0: actually think that they that the NBC deal is quite a bit cheaper. That's really? why
1: they. That's why we were
0: able to roll them into the ACC network deal, but. You know, at the end of the day, eh, everyone's losing money this year.
1: <laughs> that Ain't that the truth. Uh, I noted in the press conference that Collins noted that uh, everybody in the Georgia Tech program had their own room in Tallahassee. But as somebody who's bought a lot of hotel rooms in Tallahassee, uh, serving as a sport club treasurer and president, mm-hmm. I will pay pretty cheap as all things go. It's no Nashville. But um, – but that's still a, a pretty hefty price when we're, you know, running a lot of other related When you're
0: traveling with eighty
1: five players,
0: that's uh that, that gets pricey.
1: Oh yeah. Um I think we can circle back to Georgia Tech and Florida State in more detail a little bit later. But the rest of the slate, um Pittsburgh, Austin Pay, that's the other midday game, right? Yeah, that was uh
0: mm. Austin P didn't
1: I I hope they got pra- paid pretty well for that one. That was uh, not good. Yeah, I mean I it feels like Kenny Pickett's been at Pittsburgh about a million years at this point. Not sure why, but uh I don't know. They they were clicking. I'll give them that.
0: Yeah, I mean there's not really much you can say about a 55 point blowout win for Pitt at home.
1: You know what does feel like a like a win though is Wake Forest covering against clemson
0: what was the spread on that one 34
1: i think so yeah, i think it was 34.
0: final score 37 uh, 13 there so good on demon deacons for covering in their first ever game day appearance wow i did
1: not know that was their first game day appearance Ooh. i think
0: it's their first ever but i'm also too lazy to check at this point
1: <laughs> rip them for not even being able to go womp womp yeah um Rounding it out, we've got Western Kentucky at Louisville, correct?
0: Yes. And then that one ended in a 14 point win for Louisville, 35 to 21. I saw a stat on the Twitter sphere that put Mikhail Cunningham, uh, Louisville's quarterback, at the most efficient in the ACC uh, in terms of. Uh, expected points added per play. I need to go find that again. But uh but yeah. I
1: mean,
0: so there's that. Louisville has something to look forward to in the next, you know, this season, especially with Satterfield
1: at the helm. I, it's a crying shame that Puma pass never became a bigger threat, but um I don't know. So got Bobby Petrino, you know, program as far G5 go. Yeah, see Puma pass, got Bobby Petrino. I, yeah. I feel bad for the guy, but uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's it on the ACC. Um, I think we'll have a couple more in action next week, but just until... you know, just just a couple, you know.
0: <laughs> it's not like there are ten games listed on here. Well, I guess one of them is postponed. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. I I think the bigger task at hand is to talk about Georgia Tech's surprise. Sixteen to thirteen win uh, in Tallahassee versus FSU.
1: I would say it's a surprise. I was certainly surprised. <laughs> I mean, that uh, Mister Raincloud over here. But even even as a rel as I like to think of myself as the positive one of the two of us. But even that, I was frankly a little bit disappointed not to see that my man Jordan Yates and your man even more so. Jordan Yates did not win the quarterback competition, but Jeff Sims that has to be the biggest takeaway
0: Yes, the
1: offensive side of the ball from this game. Right.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think I have written down in our Google doc here that he was, he was my player, the player of the week for sure. Um, But I think the big, like I, I think in talking about Jeff Sims, I think you have to talk about the offense as a whole too, because what we saw in that first drive, it ended in a pick from Sims and it was a very freshman mistake for that pick, but the offense came out firing. Yep. Like they they were very aggressive early on in um or early on in drives. They were, you know, they were throwing the ball effectively. It was something that we have not seen, especially the throwing part. It's something that we have not seen Tech do. Like I I mean, offensive being having a functional offense. Period. I think is not something that we saw Tech do a lot of last season.
1: Yeah, and. I think a big like uh, reinforcing of that point is looking at how many times we were behind schedule, you know, second and long, third and longer kind of stuff and still managed to pull out, get a chunk play, get a first down in situations that we could talk last year all we want. That was kind of an aberration of horrifically awful offense, but like even being conditioned as me in my, what, fifth season of being a Tech fan, fifth season of truly following college football, I'm not, frankly, quite used to being able to pull that off. And and not to say Paul John's has couldn't do that, because, I mean... Oh, it absolutely could. <laughs> it's just that... Triple option is that it could absolutely, from any point on the field at any given time, was a dangerous weapon. But at the same time, you know, you, you don't... You've never had that passing confidence to say oh he's going to drop in a diamond. and Jeff Sims as a true freshman throwing to 10 different receivers kind of really came through on that didn't he oh absolutely and another note
0: I have here uh, just from sort of a quarterback evaluation perspective and obviously I'm doing this as a bit of a you know a fan I'm seeing this on TV but he moved well in the pocket he was able to sort of sense pressure step up confidently even under pressure and you know, one of the other things that comes along with that is that the offensive line held for the majority of the game. He, he usually had a clean pocket. He, he, was, he had time to throw and make decisions. He didn't really panic. And I think both of those things working in tandem, both Sims's decision-making and, and field vision, and then also good offensive line play, those both combined to put together a very, very good performance.
1: Yeah, uh, talking offensive line, I think between him and Jude Kelly, only one of them really got the benefit of that. (laughs) Yep. Yes, especially compared to last year. I think that's good coaching. I think that speaks well on Brent Key. Um, His uh, freshman, uh, Williams, looked very capable. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, when you have 10 different targets that you can – Trust yourself to throw the ball to right. You don't need to bomb Amari and Brown down the field on every play and hope that you get a pass through to him, Right? You can you can work it. You can throw a screen. You can throw something short. even do a running back and and get different different results than we saw out of this offense last year. Which leaves me, I mean, they do the poll right. The how confident are you feeling in your team that SB Nation sends out? I think we'll see that tick up this week mm-hmm. yeah and just to rattle off a couple more numbers here
0: that sort of agree with what you're saying um we had a 53 success rate which is well over the national average of 42 and, and especially notable it's 61 percent on passing plays where the national average is about 45 percent um and then one more notable thing uh 53 percent early downs pass rate um which goes back to what I was saying. They were very aggressive early in series and early in drives with trying to get the ball downfield, yep. um, and and it worked out. I, I mean, the other numbers that I have here, you have five point five yards per play. Um, when we're talking about throwing the ball, uh, Sims was able to get almost like Sims was able to get nine yards in the just in the air on each throw um on average and then he was he was getting about 8 yards per attempt total mm-hmm. obviously that seems a little counterintuitive um i think the the yards per attempt number is sack adjusted um and there were there were a couple of flubs here and there from the offensive line uh despite an overall solid performance but this is what we saw we saw an offense that was highly functional was focused on short and medium throws um, it sprinkled in with a little bit of the running the ball, and a little bit of the option play, but it was a very fluid,
1: very high tempo, very well worked game on that side of the ball. Yeah, and again, all of this with the important distinction too that Florida State's defense is pretty, pretty well uh acclaimed. I'll say there. Not I mean, they're the, not bad, that's right? Like, we're, we're not talking
0: about we're we're not yeah. talking about Syracuse's defense. We're not talking about um, I don't know. Like there are worse defenses in the ACC to start yeah. your career against, and it's it, it, it obviously we're not talking about Clemson's defense for for uh, that Jeff Sims was facing, but we're not beating around the bush here. Like he was still challenged, and I think that part of that challenge is you're seeing that he was picked off twice by asante samuel jr
1: um on pretty freshman mistakes yeah exactly which again we're i feel like we're going to be having to at least say that one or two maybe three times per game this season is so and so had a great performance but they're young this is a young team this is an inexperienced team for the most part but we returned a lot of yardage so you know it's really a not to say the whole season giant question mark right but it's not prove it year yet it is build the base if if this jeff sims is what we got for four years he's pretty good but if he grows that's a great thing too you that know that is a very yeah That's that I think that's a takeaway we can have all over the line i saw the 2014 uh uga game reference of harrison butker missing kicks throughout the game but making the one that counted from a million miles out, right? Mm-hmm. Jude made the kick. He's a true freshman too, right? So I'm not too too concerned. Let the kid grow. Let the kid compete. I think this is one of the better results we could have asked for, a game that was not only a win, but a win that was even more solid of a performance than the score showed, right? It wasn't fluky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I guess that sort of leads into our discussion
0: about Georgia Tech's defense, too. It, it wasn't a fluky performance, um, especially with a lot of key players out. I mean, before the game, we had news about uh, Antonius Clayton having having a an injury. Um, I think uh, Trey Swilling was held out, and uh, T.K. Chimzato was also held out. Uh, and this defense had a real next man up. Mentality; they were able to still. You had people that were low on the on the depth chart or the above the line chart that were effective contributors. I, I think that sort of speak, like half a part of that is you got to sort of give the caveat of Florida State's front or um, its offensive line is questionable, but at the same time, it doesn't. Like, they're still doing well. It, like you said, it's not a fluke.
1: Yeah, they're they're still. There's still five Florida State, Power 5 caliber starting linemen, or if not Power 5 caliber starting linemen. Competitively, Division 1, Power 5, G5, whatever, starting linemen. I think that's important to note. Um, Another thing worth noting is if we're talking caveats in terms of injuries, Gibbs, we missed his debut. Mm -hmm. Imagine what the offense does when it has – Arguably, it's best ground threat back. Right? These are mm-hmm. these are building blocks that we can take away. Um, the one thing I wanted to like circle back is parallels. Right? I'm Mr. History. Mr. It, it write something into something that may not, may or may not be there. Right? Same mm-hmm. light, lightning delay as lightning game one. Also came in the second season of a new coach. I like this, right? Where maybe, maybe you listener are not the biggest Paul Johnson fan, but you can't argue that two Orange Bowl appearances, an ACC championship, no matter what the NC two A says, right? Like the, he had a successful tenure on the flats, right? And if we see that as a ceiling, maybe that's not the most satisfying, especially remembering, you know, like a a twenty fifteen outside of the miracle on Techwood, just. Uh, seven and seven year you know, like yeah, maybe that's not your ideal ceiling but if jeff is saying that he could maybe match that again this is his first game of his second season so this is me allowing my brain to dream not saying that this is going to happen or necessarily will happen but the pathway is there right mm-hmm. defense you mentioned your player of the game right jeff sims Curtis Ryan has to be up there. If not my top one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, frankly, I had never heard of the guy. Before. Oh, I hadn't either. But,
0: but like we were saying next man up and he had uh per the box score. I believe he had two sacks, and two forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. So huge yep. contributor, huge, huge contributor on the defensive
1: line. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what they're going for, right? It's, I get graded on by the cliches and by the catchphrases and stuff, but he says five-star development, right? And if if you can't if you can tell me a better thing than taking walk-ons and scout team members and the odds and ends and turn them into a homogeneous mass with some of your bigger stars, right? Or your bigger names, that's that's a rising tide lifting all ships right there. You're not mm-hmm. plugging holes. You're you're you know you're swapping out CDs or what whatever metaphor that you could probably think of better than me, but I'm on the spot. You get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. And just to just to sort of round out our discussion on the defense with some numbers. Um FSU was held to it, the national average in terms of success rate. So that's, again, 42%. And it was around 38 or 31% in passing success rate. Um, so James Blackman had a lot, a lot of trouble um, throwing the ball um, compared to his counterpart for Georgia Tech. Uh, He was at 4.2 yards per attempt. That is, again, sack-adjusted. He had a pick, and I also believe that completion percentage of 23 of 43 is just around 53%. So, tough day at the office for him. Um, Additionally, uh, we talked about the Florida State offensive line having a lot of trouble versus Georgia Tech's uh, front seven. you know, the numbers show that, too. Georgia Tech had a 19% havoc rate. So that's a disruptive play on just about every fifth play in uh, a Florida State drive. And that's super meaningful and that is super important to m- forcing opponents into making mistakes.
1: Yeah, I think the best part about that stat is that's one of the things that Jeff – uh pre uh preaches the hardest right he's all about the havoc and and mayhem actually that's probably what he would approve me saying jeff minister of mayhem yeah (laughs) just this this one's for you um but if if he can it kind of shows he's walking the walk right and that's a good sign
0: yeah and then the last note that we have here is that um FSU, so, so someone in our Slack room, our writers room, noticed this. Uh, FSU scored a touchdown seven minutes into the game and then never reached the end zone again. It's, it's an impressive performance, especially when you, when you looked early on where Blackman did have success against the Georgia Tech front early on in that game right before the rain delay. Uh, and even the, uh, the, the first couple drives coming out of the rain delay, but they weren't able, never able to really get stuff going consistently, and, and that is a credit to play, the play calling from defensive coordinator Andrew Thacker, and also, like we said, the the contributions of all of these players that had to step up um, for the defense. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, it. last note, last note that I have on the game, um, or last couple notes here before we move on. Um, special teams, I think we all had our frustrations with, especially with uh, three blocked kicks on the day. But, like you said, true freshman Jude Kelly uh, was able to redeem himself with the game winning field goal. Um, so, you know, they block three kicks, but don't block the fourth. I'll, you know, I'll take it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean it's I think it's most powerful that the last one went in. Um I, I think from a mental standpoint, it, it, it makes for better story, right? It makes for a hey, I failed, I failed, I redeemed myself, it is much better than I did it, and then uh oh, uh oh, like what's gonna happen next. Granted, some of that's fluky, some of that's luck. Um Jeff uh admitted in the press conference after the game that Tech hadn't been doing live reps on kicks um at the end of practice uh as opposed to what they normally do. I think that showed a little bit um and by a little bit probably mean a lot of bit mm-hmm. i don't know I'll, I'll take it he he knocked the knocked the big one home so good we'll time. we'll take it i think the last known that is i think
0: when Wesley Wells in 18 hit that game-winning field goal versus Virginia, we were in the same boat, right? He was – I mean, he hit. He ended up hitting every field goal the rest of the way, but at that point, even versus Virginia, he was still a relatively unproven commodity. Yep. Um, and so we can hope for the best <laughs> in terms of the kicking game right now because last season we didn't have
1: a ton of success <laughs> on that side of the ball. So I think – hopefully. Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite talking points going into this week's game was I've never heard of the guy, and that's awesome. Because, um, you know, we've spent a long time being in a weird spot since Harrison got drafted and left for the NFL. And, listen, and won a Super Bowl. Well, but- Butker, love him, he was kind of trash for his first two years on the flats. Like it's not Like, it's not like he came out of the sky – as a senior from Westminster and was like, all right, this kid's the the chosen one kicking. He earned his stripes. He worked hard. He had a shaky first two years and then improved enough to get drafted. Right. And now he's by some accounts, the best kicker on the planet, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to be the golden leg boy day one. In fact, um, what's his face? We lost him to Alabama. Um, Joseph, Joseph, all of, us. Uh, all of us, yeah. He was supposed to be the golden kicking boy. He never did anything
0: out there, right? I mean, he so, he tried to block uh, clubs and defensive linemen in a national championship really game. <laughs> that did not work out for him <laughs> at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So th- there's a lot of time left on a lot of these guys to judge their their legacies and their what their ultimate result is going to be on the flats, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. Jeff, Jude, uh, Jeff with a G, you know, like there's, I don't know. It's hard to say that anything is decided and certain after this, but I like the end result enough to be confident in the direction they're going. Yeah. it's. Uh, I, think I think at well, the end of the day, it's one
0: data point. Um, and I think all of us understand statistics and uh, we can kind of say, like, hey, you can't necessarily make, uh, take anything huge away from the single data point but I mean it's a good it's a good feeling to be like you know it's a good feeling to win um, especially after how rough last season was so you know we'll, we'll look to build off of it and and I think some of the other stats sort of prove how good of a performance it was I think um, we, we looked at win probability metrics earlier and I mean, uh, SP Plus had us at 98%. Um, Our uh, co-writer, Robert, uh, had us again at 98%. And then my numbers had us around 70%. But it's still like all of these numbers say like, hey, Georgia Tech had a really good game. They deserve to win this game statistically. And it's something good to build off of um, for, for this season. Yep. I would agree. All right let's move on um some notable news from this morning as we got more accolades and more talk amongst the pundits um, tech found itself sitting just outside the um the truncated a p poll uh so where they had they were receiving votes and the place just about twenty eighth um tech was also just outside the top twenty five in the coaches poll at 26 Um, and then they also appeared at 26 in the SP plus rankings so and uh, so you know a lot of I mean a lot of accolades like a lot of good news coming out of that performance yeah um,
1: I would agree I think the special teams 38 in the SP plus is probably the most no, I wouldn't say it's the most mind-boggling stat because I think whoever put us at 13 um, in the AP poll because they released all the individual ballots, that's probably the most eye-popping thing I've seen to come out of this. Um, but you'd think with two uh, block field goals and a blocked extra point that S&P would not rate our special teams quite so high. But Well, I mean, you also have to consider that 38 is just about in the
0: middle for this season, uh, out of 77 uh, eligible teams, so yeah. <laughs> that, That's we, not really much to say there.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we slice and dice on that one. Um, yeah, shout out uh, AP guy who thinks we're 13. Um, clearly, no one else agrees with you, but whatever. Um, and then ESPN power rankings at 22. I don't know if you mentioned that. Ah, uh, Yes, that
0: one is the one that I missed. 22. So, I mean, yeah, people liked our performance. And I also feel like part of that is people expected a lot more of a Mike Norvell led FSU. And yeah.
1: it turns out that FSU might just be might still be pretty bad. So here we yeah. are. I believe this is our first time receiving votes since the start of the twenty sixteen season, but I might be wrong. You know, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh all right,
0: so Next up is number fourteen UCF at home at Bobby Dodd Stadium. That is a three thirty kick next weekend on ABC. Uh, just to sort of color in uh, the boxes about UCF in SP Plus, they are ranked fourteenth with the fourteenth overall offense uh, and the twenty second overall defense. Uh, if you go by the Uh, SP Plus projections, uh, which account for a one-point home advantage or home field advantage uh, because of the lack of fans at games or reduced fans at games. Uh, UCF is favored by just under six points, uh, but Vegas uh, likes Tech by three. Um, UCF also did not play last week, or I guess yesterday, um, so this will be their season opener. Any opening thoughts about this game?
1: Um, I think it comes down to their offense and, and stopping that. In general, don't have a lot. I I generally like to judge teams after I've seen them, which is why I kind of went into Florida State with a blank slate as well. I don't know. I think I think we'll see a pretty competitive game. Definitely, am um, more rosy on this than I would have been say if you had asked me about this in week 10 last year um mm-hmm. again this is a weird year UCF hasn't seen team yet they haven't seen line reps and we've seen we saw what that did to to us you know that first drive that was Florida State's touchdown or you know that first half of the first quarter um missing extra points. Like, I feel like we got some good takeaways. I'm just not sure how that's going to translate against a team that I feel, I feel like UCF is a superior team to Georgia Tech. I feel dirty saying that, but like, sometimes it's true. Um, But I think it, for all intents and purposes, especially where UCF is coming from, it's like a week one game. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely a tougher opponent than Florida State at, at,
0: at this point in time. Um, and I have to agree with you. I think UCF is the better team. If you just look at it strictly statistically, right. Um, especially when you look at it with SP plus, which is intended to be predictive. It's intended to tell you which team is better, which team is, is supposed to win on a given day, uh, based based on the numbers and I I think that says it all it's going to be much more of an uphill battle than it was versus Florida State because UCF does have more stuff figured out on both sides of the ball at least especially on the offensive side like you mentioned than Florida State does so I think it'll be a good one um just to hit a couple of notes here from uh the black and gold banneret, our sister site for UCF, um, they are the ACC's preseason favorite. Um, yes, they are quote unquote a 2017 national champ. For take that for what you will, um, but I think most notable is that they had 10 players opt out last week, um, including quarterback Daryl Mack Jr., who has been a serviceable, pretty good backup um, when they've needed it. Cornerback uh, Tay Gowan, who was a pro football focused second team all conference uh, player in 2019, and then also defensive tackle Kalia Davis, who was a pro football focused first team all conference player in 2019. So I think, especially with the opt outs, uh, Mac aside, it's, it's, gonna, it's hard to judge what UCF's defense is going to look like. But yeah. again, they're starting out at at 22nd in the nation per, per the advanced stats. So, it'll be a really good challenge and a really good test for Jeff Sims and this young Georgia Tech offense to really see what they can do um versus another good
1: defense. Yeah, I agree. Um I think my one point on them is I I really wish we would have seen them in 2017 memes aside like you know, what if they would have faced a triple option, whatever. But just in terms of like getting a sense for what the team is or the identity is, I feel like I had a better sense for what to expect from USF, uh, despite it being the second game of the Jeff Collins era, right? That was his first home game Mm -hmm. uh, I did going into the Paul Johnson uh, away game in Tampa. Um, But that said, this is a good team uh hopefully it's a good game if if we play them close i think we've seen from our team that we have a very uh i mean it it they they care right you can see them on the sidelines having a good time you can see them getting excited if it's close game at home with our you know ethos i i think that we have a pretty good shot but that just requires our defense keeping us in the game
0: mm-hmm. all right i think that just about does it for talking about next week, uh, but we do have a pretty stocked slate of games around the rest of the conference. Uh, so next week starts off with Boston College at Duke at noon. Uh, got any thoughts on that one early?
1: Uh, we didn't. If I'm if I recall correctly, we haven't seen Boston College yet. Um, they'll be in a pretty new system too. I think just because of that, Duke is, you know, Duke's at home. I, not that it's not going to be close, but I think that that's uh, not a lock, but a pretty good bet is Duke.
0: Yeah, I have, I have a feeling Duke will take that one too. I don't really know what Boston College is going to look like. It's, it's weird. I think it's it's a weird situation to be in when you're starting with a first-year head coach in a very strange year. So we'll uh, We'll see how that one works out. So elsewhere, uh, we have Syracuse at number 25, Pittsburgh, also at noon, but this time on the ACC Network.
1: Yeah. Um, again, I was not impressed with Syracuse last week, and I was pretty impressed with Pitt. So I think, that, again, this is a pretty straight-up call. I'm taking Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I'll join you on Pittsburgh. Cuse was uh, not convincing. I do think it, whenever we talk about Pittsburgh, obviously it has to come with the aforementioned caveat of they played Austin P in a bye game to start the year, but uh, I fifty-five points is no joke, and uh, Cuse's offense is non-functional. So give me the Panthers. Um, right. Next up, South Florida at number seven, Notre Dame. This one is at two thirty. And weirdly, it is on the USA Network instead of NBC.
1: Um, I can't wait for uh, them to pull, to seal a line from Nanny. Uh, James Roday and Dulé Hill out of uh, retirement. But at that rate, they should just call me and you. But oh yes. I, I think uh, it's a weird game being on USA. I think it's a weird game in that it was pretty last minute uh, thrown together. But Notre Dame... Yeah, sure. They have a penchant for being extremely overrated, but USF was not a good team last year. I don't think they added enough to make themselves a better team. I, I, I'd give it to uh, the Fighting Irish.
0: Yeah, give me the Fighting Irish here. I Ian Book made some weird quarterback decisions uh, versus Duke, especially threw into uh, high-traffic areas a lot, but hopefully you can clean it up this week before playing usf because uh i mean duke and usf duke is obviously better but you know you never want to make stupid gameplay decisions and then surprisingly not have them work out
1: gosh you don't want to make stupid gameplay decisions against usf don't have any experience doing that you also don't want to kick it straight to usf's kick returners that is also true yes they have a wonderful stadium though.
0: Um you stand when they stand, Jake. Anyway, moving on. Uh UNC Charlotte travels to UNC Chapel Hill, 3.30 on your regional sports network.
1: See, I'm looking at the rest of this slate, Akshay, and there's really only two games where I think we'll call different, uh, different picks or even have the likelihood of calling different picks. I'm – it's – It would be dumb to pick Charlotte here. I do not think they're going to win. I would like to pick them here because I think UNC is going to drop a head scratcher this year to some team that they should not lose to. They're going to start slow in some game. They're going to start just as slow
0: as they did versus Cuse in some other game. And
1: it's not. And it's going to blow it. They're going to blow it. I don't think that this is quite that game yet. Uh, So I'll I'll take the Tar Heels, but... But they're they're on my radar for upset alert. We'll we'll have to come back and see. Uh. Well, I think I think this one is one to watch
0: because we saw last year.
1: I, I want to say we
0: watched App State hold tight with North Carolina last year. I want to say App State actually won that game. Um, but Charlotte played it pretty tight with App State yesterday. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to use some transitive property here, it, it's feasible that Charlotte keeps this close and and you know falters late obviously still going unc here if unc doesn't win this game that's very very bad uh for the conference (laughs) but Um, this should this should be a unc victory
1: yeah let's not uh big 12 ourselves in week two we would like them to be the laughing stock as long as possible thanks yeah i'm fine with that
0: We'll, we'll, we'll keep rolling here so uh georgia tech nemesis the citadel takes on number one clemson at 4 p.m on the acc network clemson by a billion it's not going to be close yeah clemson should be running uh 10 minute quarters in the second half here probably
1: uh to quote uh john boyce uh sometimes a weak expression of pity is the uh cruelest form of cruelty i don't know you get i'm paraphrasing but you get the point. If it's not a beatdown, I would be absolutely shocked.
0: If it's not a beatdown, we have a serious problem in college football.
1: (laughs) Stranger things have happened this year. Um, Anyways. All right, number 17
0: Miami travels to number 18 Louisville. Uh, This one is getting college game day. It's also got the primetime 730 slot
1: on ABC. I think both of these teams are just a tad overrated, but uh, I think Miami is more overrated, and Louisville is at home, and I don't know. I I trust Satterfield to big brain away to win more than I trust Manny Diaz not to screw up. So give me Louisville.
0: I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this one. I wish I had looked up the, the lines and could get a better sense of which of these teams is actually better. Uh, because Vegas always knows the yeah. the thing that I'm stuck on with this game is UAB is an like is a confirmed good team like they were a good team last year they've been a good team for a while you can't necessarily say the same thing about Western Kentucky who Louisville played last week yeah so do you go with the stronger opponent or do you go with the coach that you trust not to screw up
1: i'm not going to influence your pick here uh but i think you're underselling western kentucky more than you're underselling a team that didn't exist like three years ago
0: (laughs) this is a fair point but at the same time uab actually good yes both of these teams are overrated but i will also take a louisville I I just Miami is going to lose this game in a, in a very hilarious way, and I can already see it coming.
1: You know what? That's fair. I'll I'll, I'll accept that answer. We good. All right. The last last
0: one on the slate is Wake at NC State. This is an eight PM kick on the ACC network. I'll start us off here. This is a this is a rough one to pick, but give me Wake Forest. I. Just do not think NC State is going to be any good this year
1: um wait, I want to make sure I wrote down your last one right You did say Miami I'm kind of dumb, but no,
0: I said Louisville,
1: so oh, you did say Louisville, so for that per for that point, i'll take the opposite uh team and pick NC State just so that way at the end of the week we don't have a high in our picks um... see i
0: don't now now looking at all these picks, i don't know why we. Why we even did this exercise, given that all of all of these games are chalk?
1: They're they're chalk. We're not picking against the line, but I mean, it is what it is. I I don't know. I don't think Miami Louisville is a chalk game. I don't think Wake NC State is a chalk game. Um, you know, it, they're toss ups. It's it's Miami's a rough slate. teams, Wake and mm-hmm. NC State, are both not very talented teams. It, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. It is. The week three slate is very bad, to say to
0: put it mildly. I took a took a short jaunt through it on the lovely uh, LSU Football dot net TV schedule page. Uh, it is ugh, they, there's not a lot of watchable football on that on that and schedule.
1: You're a much bigger connoisseur of the just turn on the TV and watch football, so this probably hits extra. Close to home for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. So, see, the only watchable game would have been Commonwealth Cup. But uh, Virginia Tech decided to – well, okay, this is me being unfair. Virginia Tech did have a COVID outbreak um, earlier this week, so they have had to postpone that – the Commonwealth Cup matchup for next week. Virginia Tech also had another game that was scheduled for – yesterday pushed back um so commonwealth cup for 2020 is kind of up in the air Um, i think the last open date on the acc schedule that both of these teams have is the week before the acc title game so could commonwealth cup
1: decide a acc title berth yeah we'll see <laughs> i uh I think they might have already pushed Duke Virginia back preemptively to move it to week four, but I can't remember exactly what i saw yeah okay. i'm
0: i'm I have the schedule open right now, and I'm seeing Duke Virginia on nine
1: twenty six okay yeah i I heard some uh some rumbling about that getting pushed, but in the meantime, I'll just take Covid as my pick. <laughs> Oh boy. What a season. What
0: a season so far. Well, Texas, is what I know. Can't really uh, ask for more than
1: that after one game played. No, sir. You cannot. And with that, I think that's all we wrote.
0: All right. We will see you again next weekend to talk about Central Florida. Have a good one.